Right, hello everyone, and welcome to the Switcher Player podcast. Um, Mickey, what started out as a, a series of uh, texts one night with just an idea has turned into a reality. <laughs> How do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think um, after speaking to yourself and, and hearing what a few people have spoke to you about, um, it's something definitely in the, in the situation we're in now where we can have a little bit of fun, we can get people on to talk about Hartlepool, about football in general and even any other sports as well. So, yeah, really looking forward to it and um, just wish we could have picked someone better than Nels to start an idea. <laughs> no, delighted uh, to have you along. Well, we are <laughs> running about 15 minutes late because... Uh, the tech with me, Byron, couldn't get logged on. <laughs> <laughs> no teething problems, Mick. Can't hear him now. No, he's not, he's not mute, he's still, has he? I don't know what he's done. Can't hear you, Mick. <laughs> hey, right on cue. Yeah, me and the next girl, I might have to get the boys off the Xbox at this rate. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> That's what it's like to on lockdown, isn't it? So, how are we doing, fellas, anyway? Strange situation, but uh, how are we getting on with it? Yeah, all right. Um, just probably the same as everyone, really. Um, going out for a bit of a, a jog every day, um, family walk, and that's it, really. Um, sort of trying to make a few phone calls with the the new job I've got, trying to put a squad together. So that's keeping us busy. Um, and I've just got a new puppy as well. So that's all that, yeah. Good behaviour? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. A um, little bit nippy. So he's, he's biting everyone at the minute. So but everything's all right at the minute. Yeah, I think it's hard, isn't it? I think we've, we've had good days, we've had bad days. And just trying to fill the days has been difficult for us sometimes. I think Nick's friend came around the other day and, First question she asked Nick was, how are you managing? So I thought I'd step in and, and answer for her like I normally do. And I was like, oh, well, it's been a little bit difficult with the kids, especially Betsy. And the friend just turned and went, no, I meant how are you managing having to cope with Michael 24-7 for six weeks? <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I think with this year, we're just trying to do some exercise, trying to homeschool as best as we can, but um, just getting through each day as we can. That's a nightmare, that, by the way, homeschooling. I tell you what, homeschooling's a lot harder than actually teaching at school. I would much rather be in school and doing it there because homeschooling. Like Charlie, my, he's in year nine and he can get all his work done in 10 minutes. Five lessons, a five-hour lessons in 10 minutes every day. I wish Finn could. <laughs> well, I'm not sure the quality he's doing, like what I'm... So, Nelsie, obviously you've got something to get your teeth into there with the Blythe job, um, beginning of the month, unveiled as the permanent manager, weren't you? So, how pleased are you with that? Yeah, it was all a bit of a whirlwind um, when it all happened. Um, went in and trained a couple of times. was supposed to play on the Saturday and the game got called off, um, waterlogged pitch. And then the following Wednesday, I think it was, I got a phone call asking if I'd um, take it until, well, just for the next couple of games till somebody came in um, and then took it for the, the Brackley game and after the Brackley game was asked would I take it to the end of the season um, which I said I would uh, and then the coronavirus stuck and that was, struck and that was it I had uh, I think I had three training sessions in one game um, and then it all just went into lockdown and everything so 
So Nels, can you just explain what what happened when lockdown? So your your season ended, and everyone stays in the same league. Is that right? Um, well, that's at the minute. That's what it's it's been pretty unclear, to be honest. The national league have been uh, quite poor, if I'm honest, with uh, communications to the clubs. Um, there was a an email came out saying there'd be no promotion from step three to step seven. Um, and then I think there was a paragraph in there which said there would be no no relegation from step two. Um, but then trying to get that clarified has been a bit of a nightmare. Um, so we're still, I think it is pretty much um, ratified by the FA. I know there's been big legal things with South Shields and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it looks like National League North um, next season. Everybody, at the minute, it's undecided what's happening um, in terms of playoffs and promotions, I think. Um, I know League Two had a vote, didn't they, um, on what they're going to do. Yeah. I think the National League is still trying to decide what they're going to do in terms of uh, Barrow um, and you know the teams who are, who are at the top and whether there's actually going to be a playoff situation or not. Um, so... It's still very unclear for some of them chasing promotion. So does that affect your planning at all, Nels? Does it affect the sort of players you can look for or the, the budget that you have? Uh, we're planning. We're planning at the minute to be in the National League North. We're pretty much we're we're fairly confident that's what it's what it's going to be. Um, the budget, on, on another hand, is is difficult at the minute. Um, the chairman and the board are trying to do it on. Um, Average gates, so normally the the end of the season comes, the summer comes, they'll they'll get a budget ready for next year, which will be on predicted gates, and obviously they'll have a they'll have an idea on what them gates are going to be over the last sort of five six years of of the uh, the history, um, obviously sponsorships as well that'll get factored into the budget. Um, where this season, you just don't know whether people are going to be scared, whether the gates are going to go down. Um, are people going to be so have missed football so much that they're going to flood back? So you're going to have increased gates, um, and also sponsors who have sponsored every football club in the in the world really haven't had their sponsorships fulfilled for last season because the season ended early. So how do you compensate that going into next season? Do you have to give a reduced rate, um, or them sponsors? Or their businesses in a position to carry on with sponsorship next year. So, you know, there's a lot of factors going into it at the minute. And to be fair, the chairman and the board they are working hard to try and um, get those sponsors in and come up with a budget to to give us to allow to to go and bring players in. Um, we've already sort of extended the, the contracts of, of one or two. Um, speaking to some of the other lads to to try and do it with some of the other lads as well. But it's it's quite hard to to commit with the, the current situation we're in. Baptism of fire for your first job then, yeah? <laughs> it was, yeah. Um, but, you know, if you come through this, then hopefully, you know, you put you in good stead for anything else that gets chucked at you um, if you're lucky enough to, to still be in the game in two or three years' time. You've been, de- you've been you know, determined, haven't you, to get a chance in management. I know you had a, a brief spell at Stevenage and you've, you've, you've been 
touch and go with it a couple of times over the last few couple of years trying to get jobs, haven't you? It's always been you've you've been pretty focused on what you want to do. Yeah, I've always wanted to go into coaching. Um Barnett gave me the chance, um, give me the under twenty threes role while I was still playing, um, which was good of them. Um, you know, it was tough. I was I was training um every morning with the first team and playing most weeks. Um I would come off the training pitch and then go in, get the equipment out and set up to coach the, the 23s on the afternoon. Um, so I got into it there. Martin Allen took me to Chesterfield and I got involved a little bit more in the first team side of it there, helping him plan training and, and take the odd session. And John Sheridan let us do that when he came in. Um, and then obviously Gated, um, you know, another player coach role. Um, and uh, after working with Graham Wesley down at Barnet as well, he, he took us to Stevenage. Yeah, um, and then the, the Blythe thing just came around, came about pretty much off the cuff. Just went into to sort of purely play um, to get me through till the summer, and then reassess and reevaluate, um, and then it, it turned into a permanent job. But it, it's definitely something I've I've wanted to do, um, and something I've been pretty determined to to get there. Probably. Um, came around a different way than I, I probably would have expected, but um, doesn't, I don't suppose there's any any right time. Um, it's just when it comes about, you've got to sort of try and grasp it and, and do as well as you can with it. Yeah, and also I know you. We spoke about this a lot, and you've done all your badges, you do a lot of qualifications, but you've spent time on the grass as well, which is vitally important. You know, you've you've seen the situations that are going to come up in a season. I think that's vital for a manager when, especially in your first job. But um, nothing phases you, you know what I mean? Everything that will come up, apart from lockdown probably, you've, you'll have been in that situation before. And one thing people used to always ask me is, oh, who's the best manager you work with? And, and I think those are the easy answers to give, but I think sometimes not doing things that the worst managers you probably work with and, and learning from that, or maybe situations that you've been in with a different manager will stand you in good stead. Yeah, I got asked that. A um, couple of times through the summer about um, good managers and, and bad managers, and um, spoke to somebody not so long ago about uh, Coops, to be honest, and asking him uh, about stuff, stuff about him and another manager's Paul Lambert, and you know that's what I said. I said not every manager I've worked for has been, you know, all good. There's there's been bad bits about them as well, and. There's sometimes the the important bits, you know, when you've seen a manager who who has been a good manager and you've got on well with and stuff like that, and you've seen him do something, or you might not have seen it firsthand, but one of the players he's done it to has come back and confided in you and, and told you how they're feeling by what they've been told by that manager, then you know makes you think, oh, I don't want to have one of my players feeling like that or treating them like that. Um, if I become a manager, so you take the bad bits as well as the good. Um, Martin Allen was very good at it in terms of I was just a player. I wasn't even part of the coaching staff at all, but because I was sort of 35 till 38 when I was down there with him, he used to have me in in meetings. So he used to say, oh, I need to have a meeting with such and such. Uh, I want you in. So I'm like, a, I'm just a player, not even part of the coaching staff or anything. He had me sitting in the meeting with him. Um, just so he had someone else in the meeting so it wasn't a one-to-one -one. so he was always covered and he had someone else there um, and just seeing how he 
how he sort of conducted himself and, and ran their meetings and, and how he carried himself was good. And he used to also, whenever he was doing any interviews and stuff like that, if I was in the room, rather than him saying, like, oh, give us five minutes to do this, you just do the interview, um, whether it was on camera, whether it was um, on the phone, whether it was face-to-face, just do the interview with you in the room and answer any question that was there, even if the questions involved me and I was sat in the same room. And seeing him do that, and it was very, very good and very knowledgeable to, to have that on board. Um, I and I wasn't even a coach at the time. I think an interesting one for me, Nels, is Wesley. I think, obviously, when we were at Hartlepool, he built up this persona of everybody, everybody in football hated him and hated what he did. And, and I was the same, I remember going to press and I never wanted to beat anyone as much as I did that night, just purely because of him. <laughs> and uh, I, I think it was at Stevenage, John Hughes was, was like, come on, we'll go for a drink. And I was like, nah, I'm not going up. And he was like, why? So like, I don't like him. And he was like, well, have you ever spent any time with him? I was like, no, I just don't like him. He said, maybe that's not like you. He said, come on, we'll go and have a drink. And to be honest, I wore my hands up. He was absolutely fine with us. And he was actually quite a nice person to sit and talk to. And he was very pleasant, very polite. But I think he just built up a persona where everybody, he wanted everybody to be against him. And, and until he got to know him, he didn't realise what a nice man he actually was. Yeah, he, he came in upon it and um, I got uh, countless messages from, obviously, I'm 38 at the time. I've played with hundreds of players through my career and my form just went mental. And not I, I can honestly say not one positive message, not yeah. one. Yeah. Everything like, oh, good luck, all the best and all this. And I was just like, it is what it is. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't do anything. Like, I'll take him as I find him, like, however he is. Um, and we had a meeting on the first day and he just asked for a little bit of, a little bit of feedback from the boys in terms of uh, what, what was needed, what was going wrong, what would, what would, did any of us know what we would do if we got the job or if we were in charge for Saturday, what would you do? And I, I said, yeah. And he, and he said, oh, what would you do? And I, I sort of said, I'd simplify oh, it. Else. <laughs> just, I just said, I'd simplify it and, and go back to basics and, and stuff like that. And he said, do you know what team you'd pick? And I said, yeah. He said, do you, would you mind naming it now? In the room with all I was in the front. I was in the front row, I had all the eyes in the back of my head. And I said, yeah, if you want. <laughs> and he went, go on then. So I named the team where I would play on Saturday. And I said, am I putting myself in it? And he said, if you, th- if you think you'd play yourself, then put yourself in it. So I put myself in it. <laughs> <laughs> the captain's arm band on. I was on three kicks, throwing. But no, I did. I did. I, I named it. And some of the lads weren't happy. And they, they sort of, a couple of them spat the dummies out. And um, he, he asked them, does anybody disagree? And a couple of them put their hands up and, and disagreed and stuff like that. And it wasn't bothered. I said... We went back in the dressing room and I, I sort of said to all the lads, spoke to the lads, I said, look, if any of you has got a problem with what's just happened, like, come and see us and, and have a pop if you want. I says, but that's the team I would play and, and <laughs> I don't, I'm not apologising for it. That's, that's what I do. So I it's good thing. The manager just wants you to be honest, doesn't he? He wants someone, especially if he's new in the building, he wants someone that he can think, do you know what? Yeah, he put his he put his neck on the line there, but at least he's being honest with us. I remember Mike Yule doing it with us at Hartlepool, and um, 
just going around the room and he had everybody in the change room, staff and everyone. And he just went around the whole group saying something negative about everyone. You're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. And I remember it got, I think it was Tommy Wid, and Tommy Wid went, nah, I'm not having that gaffer. And Mike was quite aggressive in, in, his, in the way he was holding the meeting. And um, he went, why, what, what's wrong? He said, I disagree with you, and I'm not having it. You're not saying that about me. And Mike was like, at last, now I've got some <laughs> to build around, you know what I mean? But he was, he, was having, he was literally having to go at everyone, the staff, everyone was in there. But he wanted someone to stand up and say, right, well, now we're drawing a line. We can build a team around him, or, do you know what I mean? We use him as a leader and, and that. And, and that for me was, I mean, some of the stuff Mike used to do was a bit wacky at times, as you know, Simo, but he wanted that, that thing on that day for someone just to say, no, hold on, Gaffer, I disagree with you. And I think you need that sometimes. Yeah, did, definitely. Did, did you, Mickey, did you, when you were playing, playing with Nelson, you know, seeing Nelson come into the club and everything, did you straight away think, and, and Nelson, were you even thinking about management during you get your playing days? Did you see him as a manager and were you thinking about that sort of thing when you were still playing earlier in your career? I think when you, when you see someone, you know, straight away, I always think if people like talking about football, it's one of, yeah. one of the first things you think, if you, if you sit on the bus, and not that you're talking tactics 24 hours a day, but if you've got that real interest, if you've got a, you know the top goal scorer in each league, do you know what I mean? Little things like that. My mate Steve Howard doesn't know anything about football, nothing. He, he wouldn't be able to tell you which team was in what league because he's got no interest. So he was never going to go down that route. But Nels was always a leader. He was always trying to lead the team. And if you're doing that as a player, then you've got a real chance to do that as a manager or a coach. But I think, like I said before, Nels always had an interest. He always wanted to do his badges and, and he would always be happy to talk football. And I think that's the thing that I look for. That's the thing that I look for now if you, if you talk to a young coach or they're really interested. It's not just about sort of the top level. It's not just one of them play like Man City. Would they go and watch a non-league game? Would they go and watch a junior game and just see if there's anything they can yeah. pick up in, in any sort of football environment? Yeah, um, I Always had that interest, but never really didn't get into my badges until um, I was up at Kilmarnock up in Scotland. Right. Um, and once I started, once I started the the B license up there, just made you see it from a different side. Um, and then once I once I did that, I just just got into it. And um, I remember Lee Johnson was up at Kilmarnock with us, and he was doing his A license as I was doing my B. Um, and he could, he could just talk football for, for hours all day. He could do it twenty four seven, and sort of just spent quite a bit of time with him um, while I was up there. And he, he actually little transitional period. He, he moved in with me in Glasgow for for two or three weeks, um, and that sort of had an effect on us as well. Um, then I went on to do my A license, and you just get more. You get deeper and deeper into it and you start looking at things different ways and well I wouldn't do it that way I'd maybe do it this way and you just you start your mind's always always thinking um, every time you're on the training pitch every time you're watching a game you don't watch a game just to watch a game anymore once you start doing the badges and that I think I think you start picking up little subtle changes in formations or weaknesses in, in oppositions and thinking well if you just Maybe switch them two wingers over. I think he can get at him, or and you just start 
you don't watch it just to watch football anymore. It becomes a it becomes a puzzle, if you like. So you, you're constantly trying to trying to solve that puzzle one way or the other. Whichever team you're watching to maybe win that game, you're trying to figure out the other team and and, and also say if if that manager's thinking the same. So if you're thinking something and then five minutes later they they tend to do that, um, it's it's quite pleasing if it's a you know what I mean if it's a, if it's a high profile manager who does it. And you've already thought like, oh, I wonder if switching them two would work or I'd take him off and I'd put him on. Um, that gives you a little bit of satisfaction as well. Yeah, I think, I think that when I did my year license down at Lillishall, and that was the one that really got me sort of the bug that I really wanted to try and be a coach. I mean, my year license, we had some unbelievable, like Gary Neville, Ryan Giggs, Soul Sky was on it, but everyone was trying to see him. And I remember Graham, Graham Coughlin, was one of the phases when you walk in a room and you've got all these people. You're like, oh crap, who am I going to sit next to here? So I saw Ginger Coffo and I thought, you know what, he's a man that I can spend a week with. So I sat with him and we're going through all this stuff and I'm like, how are we going to coach these? So I ended up, I, I, my session was I had to coach Ryan Giggs to cross a ball. I remember you telling us this. <laughs> Ridiculous in itself. Coach Ryan Giggs to cross a ball. My session uh, was, with Mickey's left foot now. <laughs> <laughs> My session was to coach wingers to cross the ball. So I had Ryan Giggs on one side and Gary Neville on the other side. So they played it out wide and Ryan Giggs had gone across it. And he crossed it straight behind the goal. So all the lads are laughing. And FA procedure at the time is you have to go in, stop it, ask him what, ask him what he could have done better. So I've gone, Ryan, what can you do better there? He went, well, maybe I could have got it to stay in play. So get all, the, all the lads are absolutely creased up laughing. So then I've got... And this is proceeding, it's not me trying to be big-headed to go, right, step aside, I'll show you so I can demonstrate what you need to do. So I'm winding my left foot up thinking, please, just kick it, don't even, like, worry. I put a ball in, it wasn't too bad, actually. I'm like, Ryan, right now you have another turn. I mean, the whole training ground was absolutely, like, in fits of laughter. So at the end of that night, I said to Koffer, I said, look, that was stressful for me, I need to go for a beer. So Nels Hugo, you know when you go down Lillishall at the end of the end of the track, there's that pub. Aye. So me and Coffo thought that we'll sneak out. And uh, we've gone to the pub, we're sitting in the corner of this pub, just having a couple of pints. And Gary never walks in, and we're like, oh crap. So we're trying to hide in the corner. And he walks into the back part of the pub. Ten minutes later, he comes out. And he's like, Coffo, Mickey, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, just having a couple of pints, and we're going back. He's like, oh, really? He said, do you want to come in the back? So we're trying to be ultra-professional and walk in the back and Ryan Giggs, Gary Neville, a couple of other Man United players, about six or seven other lads off the course are in this back room. They've hired the whole room out just for the ear license. <laughs> They're dancing on tables, just drinking all these pints. And there's Ben Coffo trying to have a couple of quiet pints in the corner. <laughs> but you know, you know when you see it, you could see in Gary Neville what you, when he was on the coaching course, what he's like on the telly. His detail about everything was absolutely brilliant. I know he hasn't got on to be a coach, but his detail in everything he did was absolutely superb. Nelson, I know you're one for detail because we've, we've spoken about your approach for management and you've got a, a real eye for statistics and things like that. If things are aligned differently, I mean, how close have you come in the past? I know you've been interested in the Hartlepool job, you've been linked with the Hartlepool job. How close have you become to becoming the Hartlepool manager? Mickey had a stab at it. What about you? Uh, yeah, I took a 
I took uh, three interviews in total. Um, two, two interviews, a first interview and a second interview. Uh, one time round and then uh, took another interview when I came up another time and uh, told by by the chairman and the, and the chief exec at the time that uh, got down to the to the final two both times. Um, it's just one of them things wasn't to be. Um, I think the the actual first time I got interviewed uh, for the Hartlepool job was the first ever interview I'd done. Um, yeah. I was in there for about three hours. Like you say, it was it was quite detailed um, presentation what I did. Um, got invited back for a second interview. Um, and pretty much thought I was there or thereabouts when I left the room on the on the second interview and got told got told that as well afterwards. Um, but it, like I say, it wasn't a pay. It was one of them things. Um, there's went on to be quite a bit of change since that first interview I've had. So maybe it was just wasn't the right time. Maybe it wouldn't have worked out if if I if I did get it. So. You know, you could say it could have been brilliant and it could have went perfect or I could have dodged a bullet. You just you just never know. Um, so all you can do is react and adapt to, to what's going on. And, you know, at the minute I'm I'm in it blithe and um, I'll chuck the same focus, detail and attention to, to that role as I would whether I was at Hartlepool or at Stevenage. Yeah, I know I asked for you the time of all emails and, and afterwards and... I think everyone knows that how, how close you were to that job and it was a, a last-minute turnaround, wasn't it? For some reason, whatever reason that was, is why you didn't get it. And, and I think, as I know you in the presentation you would have done, for them not to give you that job at that time was, was harsh, you know what I mean, on you, especially when people are telling you that you've got that job and then for some whatever reason that it, it doesn't like that. So, as you say, it's one of those things. You know, it might, it might have been a disaster for you. It might have been a bad time. So, um, that's football, isn't it? You get people <laughs> saying stuff to you all the time, and it doesn't work. Yeah, out. it is. Like I say, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't change it. The, the club decided to go whichever way they did, and um, and that's that. You know, I'm sure there'll be, there's been more interviews um, since then, and, and I'm sure there'll be, there'll be more interviews in the future. Um, and if you if you present well enough and, and have a good enough reputation to to get the job, then you'll get it. If if somebody they deem to be better, then they'll give it to to somebody else, and that's just the the way it goes. Else, can I ask you a question? Does it put you off going back for the Harley Bull job ever? Um, I think the circumstances around it coming up again would. Um, would dictate that. Um, obviously, my circumstances on where I would be at the time as well. But um, I wouldn't say that just because it came up, I would 100% go in. I couldn't say that now. Um, after um, after the effort in the the effort you put into to trying to get it and um, getting sort of really, really good feedback every time you've been in the room and then it not materialising. Um, 
is the feedback genuine? Is it not? You, you, you don't know how many other people got the same feedback as I got. Um, out of the other people who were interviewed. Um, but I couldn't sit here and say just because it came up 12, 18 months down the line, I would bang a CV in straight away. I think the circumstances would, would very much dictate that. Um, my circumstances and also the circumstances around why the job was available.